0: For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hi everyone. Our passage today is uh, Matthew chapter 14, and it's the familiar account of, of Jesus walking on the water, and actually Peter walking on the water for a little while. Um, I, I love boats, I love fishing, I love, I really like anything to do with water. And I, and I thought, I'm gonna take the liberty of, of looking at, at the four accounts of Jesus and the disciples on, on boats or, or involving Jesus and the disciples. Um, I have found four, maybe there's more in the, in the Gospels, but uh, I've got one from each gospel. So most of them are repeated in, in the other Gospels, but I thought just for the sake of, uh, of fun, I'd get one from each Gospel. And we'll, we'll look at it chronologically as well. And it's, it's four different events, but kind of four similar outcomes. The outcomes are in the first one, the the disciples are astonished by him. The second one, they're amazed by him. The third one, they worship him. And the fourth one, they fellowship with him. The first two accounts of, of being in a boat have to do with fish. So really miraculous catches. So I love fishing. So that catches my interest. So the first and the last and the two in the middle would be more weather related. So let's 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 look at these four, and I'm really just going to pick out a few nuggets, just a few uh, perhaps principles that we can learn um, as we look at these four accounts. So the first one, chronologically, the first one we find um, is in uh, Luke chapter five, and it's the calling of the disciples. And I know there's different accounts of that in the Gospels that that vary slightly. and And I like Luke's account. So we have we have Jesus, he's he's healing many people, people are following him around. And he finally ends up on the, the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And, and he's, he's preaching, he's teaching, he's talking about the kingdom of God to, to a multitude of people. And he sees a couple of boats and he goes over to one of them and he, and he gets into the boat which is on the shore and it's the one that belongs to Simon Peter. And uh, Simon's there mending his nets along with the other disciples. And he says to, to Peter, push out a little, just, just push out a little from the shore. And, and Peter does that, he pushes the boat out Jesus continues to preach. And then Jesus says to, after he'd finished preaching, Jesus says to Peter, push out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch. And Peter says, master, we've, we've been fishing all day and we haven't caught anything all night and we haven't caught anything, but because you've asked me, I'll do it. And they do, they put their, their nets down and they get a, a miraculously massive catch um, and they need both boats to, to bring this catch in. And then Jesus then goes on to, uh, to, to say to Peter, you know, you're going to catch men. You're going to become a fisher of men, and, and he does that to the other disciples too. So it's it's a more detailed account of of the calling of the disciples, and three little nuggets from this first boat fish encounter, and and the first one, uh, uh, I I like the sequence of of faith. So initially Jesus says to Peter, just just push out a little bit from shore, which he does, and then he says, now push out into the deep, and I think of that we you know, relating this to the, the beginning of the disciples following Jesus, kind of our calling as well. You know, we begin really with with a small amount of faith. We put our trust in Jesus. And in a sense, we we push out. We, we push out because he's told us to. We, we trust him enough to push out. And then as, as we grow, as we get to know him, you know, he may ask us to push out a little further to take a greater step of faith. So I, I kind of like that. I like that that, that our faith is not just a one-time deal, but actually it seems to grow. It, it increases as we get to know him. And, and also for the disciples as well, and maybe relating that to, to, to our calling to share Jesus with others. You know, uh, initially, um, uh, it, it may have been a, a smaller bit of faith for them to push out a little bit, but then that greater faith. And the same with us as we share Christ. Sometimes we do it quietly and and, and maybe we're we're almost cautious. We just push out a little and we share Jesus. But I wonder if sometimes he asks us to push out into the deep and let down those nets, you know, to, to really maybe to, to, to go out there and, and, and share. So I think there's a progression in our journey as we get to know him, but also perhaps in our, in our evangelism as we share him with others. And, and the result of that was, was astonishment. They were, they were amazed at the catch. It was, they were, it was a vast catch. And, uh, and they basically left their boats from that point Uh, um, left their fishing nets, and they left everything to follow him, you know, from small faith to a full commitment. So those are the first nuggets from from Luke chapter 5. And then secondly, as we look at this sequentially, this is where Jesus calms the storm. So there's no fish involved. They weren't fishing. They were crossing over from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other. So they're all in the boat, um, and then Jesus actually goes to sleep, but there's a massive storm. It says a ferocious storm brews. And, uh, and they eventually the, the disciples fear for their lives and they, they look, look to Jesus who, who's asleep. He seems to be uninterested that, that perhaps their lives are in danger. And they, they, they cry out to him, you know, you need to save us. Don't you care that we die? And, uh, and Jesus calms the storm and, and they're amazed. So again, this a similar outcome. They're totally amazed that, that Jesus seems to, or has authority over the, the wind and the waves and, and the storm and everything else. So what, what do we glean from that? I think firstly, um, uh, one of the first things that struck me was that it's not unusual for Jesus' followers to, to, to encounter storms. And that's the same with us, isn't it? You know, Sometimes we think we, we shouldn't face storms of life when we know Jesus. But actually Peter uh, says that in his epistle, in, in chapter, I think it's chapter four. Uh, he, he says, don't be, uh, don't be surprised by the trials and difficulties you're facing. So, fact is, we will face storms. Many of us, maybe you're facing a storm today. Maybe you're going through a difficult time, a difficult season. It's not unusual that that we, as followers of Jesus, face storms. And it's also not unusual for for Jesus to seem silent as we're going through our storms. It's not unusual. Uh, Often Jesus comes in a quiet voice, and often at the 11th hour, but he will come. He's there in our storms and he will come. Um, And and I think most importantly, as we think of this, we shouldn't hesitate to call on him. Just because we're in a storm, just because maybe we don't sense he's there, doesn't mean we shouldn't call on him. The the, the disciples, Peter called out in desperation, you know, save us, Lord, save us, Jesus. And I think we need to do that. I think think the heart of God is he longs for us to to want him. He longs for us to, to be dependent on him. As a father, I remember when my kids were really young, and, and there was something wonderful about, about uh, you know, my, my children wanting me. <laughs> it seems to be less so as they get older and, and even less as they get really old. So um, it, there's, there's a wonderful thing for, for a parent to, to recognize a child's need for them. And, and perhaps at times it's a hassle, but, but, uh, but, but it's wonderful as well at the same time. So don't hesitate to call on him and then don't hesitate to, to continue to be amazed at what he does. The disciples were amazed, weren't they? They calmed the storm, fantastic. The, the, the wind, the waves and everything else. So, so don't fail to remember. You know, the, when, so often in the Old Testament, the Israelites were, were condemned for, or, 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 or rebuked because they failed to remember what God had done for them in bringing them out of Egypt in bringing them into the promised land in saving them from the enemies. And I wonder if sometimes we, we, we easily forget what he's done Let's, let's have that heart of, of continuingly being amazed for, for what he does and what he's done for us. Our third encounter, so this is another one to do with weather, and this is the one that uh, that, that we really come to in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 14, and, and it's a similar thing. Uh, the disciples, Jesus had just fed 5,000 people, and uh, and he sent the disciples off on their own. They're crossing over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus remains behind. He he. Often does that, he, he likes to go to a quiet place and pray, which he does. And then evening comes and uh, the disciples now are uh, quite a long way out. They're, they're out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and Jesus walks towards them. He walks on the water. They don't recognize him. They think he's a ghost and uh, it's quite windy and rough. And, and Peter finally recognizes that's Jesus, isn't it? That's the Lord. And he says, call me Jesus and I'll come to you. Peter gets out of the boat Seemingly walks for a while, then recognizes the wind and the waves, and he sinks and he and he and and he falls into the water. Jesus reaches down, picks him up, and brings him back to the boat. And as soon as they get in the boat, the wind dies down and everything's calm. And it's and it's another uh, time when they're amazed. It says they worship him. You know, they're, they're they're amazed that he's got such power. So let's let's just grab a couple of nuggets from from this, uh, this scenario here. And often we talk about Peter, don't we? And we, we often use that phrase, you know, if you wanna walk on water, you've gotta get out of the boat. But I wanna look at it maybe more from, from, from the Jesus point of view. So, so firstly, Jesus comes to us in our storms. And that's so true, isn't it? You know, the, the, he, Jesus was, was not with them at the time, he was on the shore. So it's different to the other event, but Jesus sees them in, this, in the storm, sees them in the wind, and he comes to them. And, and I wanna encourage you that if you are going through a storm today, Jesus, Jesus is coming to you. Jesus comes to you, he's with you and wants to help you. And it, and it says that this happened in the fourth watch. Now the fourth watch, the, the night for, for, for Jews was, was from six in the evening until six in the morning. So the fourth watch was three in the morning until six in the morning. So it was the last watch of the night. And I wonder if, if you've experienced that in your own life, that, that Jesus often comes in the fourth watch. God is a fourth watch God, often isn't He? You know, we have He he allows us to go through maybe three watches of of difficulty, Um, and and perhaps that is to test us and to try us and to to see if we continue to depend on Him and see what we're made of. Uh, But He will come to us, and He does come to us, and He comes to the disciples in the in the fourth watch. And remember, the disciples didn't actually recognize Him at first. They, They thought He was a ghost. They didn't know who He was walking on the water. I don't think it was something they would see very often. And I wonder if sometimes we, we're so stuck in the storm and we've got our eyes so much in ourselves and, and the difficulties that we don't recognize who he is. We don't recognize Jesus coming. He will come, Jesus comes to us. He invites us to step out in faith as he does to Peter. He says, Peter, come, step out. Je- Jesus invites us to step out and trust him. And Jesus is there to lift us up when we fall. And I love that because I fall so often. And, and sometimes we fall and we feel like we're a failure and he's disappointed. But I think Jesus knew that Peter would be overwhelmed by the, the storm. That's why he told him to come. Come to me, you'll fail, but I'm gonna lift you up and I'm gonna bring, bring you back into the boat. And that's the heart of God. He's a, he's a God who restores, he's a God who's there for us, he's there in the storm and he lifts us up. And then lastly, don't forget to worship him when the wind dies down. So they're back in the boat, Jesus has pulled G- Peter back into the boat, they're both in the boat, the wind dies down, and they worship him. And, and let's, just like the first encounter there, let's let's not forget to, to worship him and be amazed at him, even when everything's good. It, often we're, we're, we're great at calling on him when, when we're in the storm, but then we forget when things are good, when everything's calm. So let's remember to, to worship him and to call on him, even when, even when the storm's over. Lastly, our final encounter, and we're, we only find this in, in John chapter 21, it's unique. To, John chapter, to the Gospel of John, and uh, it's another fish encounter, so another one of my favorites. And it's, uh, it's after Jesus has been crucified, he's already appeared to the disciples a couple of times. I think this is the third time that he would appear to them. And, and Peter, this is very typical of Peter, he, he, he leads the others well. He just says, hey, I'm going fishing. And it's almost like he's, he's returning to type. There's no account of them fishing through the time with Jesus, from that very first calling till the end. Um, but, but he says, I'm gonna go fishing. You know, it's almost like, you know, Jesus has gone. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm gonna to return to what I know. And he goes fishing and he takes a few of the other disciples with him and a couple of other people and they and they fish all night and don't catch anything. Somebody on the shore yells, friends, have you caught anything? And that's gotta be the worst thing. If you're fishing and somebody asks you how it's going and you haven't caught anything, you don't want to be asked. You don't wanna to have to say, it's not going very well. But anyway, they, they hadn't caught anything. They don't recognize it as Jesus but Jesus says hey cast your net on the other side of the boat which is kind of a crazy thing to do because if they have fished all night they probably fished left right front and back and they haven't caught anything but they do for whatever reason they, they fish on the other side of the boat and they catch 153 we have we have the, the number counted massive fish and as they're pulling it in they're having to drag the net to the shore they, they recognize that it's Jesus and, and Peter doesn't try and walk on water this time, he just puts his coat on, jumps into the water and probably wades to the shore. And, and Jesus has a fire going, he's got fish already cooking, he's got bread there, and he gives him a wonderful invitation. He says, come and have breakfast. And it's particularly important for Peter, I think, because um, it was only probably a matter of days before that probably less than, certainly less than 40 days that Peter had denied Jesus. He denied him at the point of Jesus's greatest need, humanly speaking, as he's about to be crucified. And what a wonderful invitation, a, a, a invitation of restoration, an invitation to return to fellowship. So let's just grab a couple of little nuggets here. First one is that, that Jesus, Jesus uh, is there even in our ordinary activities. This was a pretty ordinary activity. This was just fishing. This is their livelihood. And let's not forget today, whatever you're going about, that Jesus is there. He's there with you and, uh, and is interested in what we're doing, even the ordinary, the seemingly ordinary. So, and then secondly, sometimes we're fishing on the wrong side of the boat. And it wasn't that they were using the wrong technique, but perhaps the timing was wrong. It, it wasn't the way the Lord wanted it to be done. And, and I think sometimes we do that. Our, we, we're busy with our own activity and we don't inquire of him. We don't seek him as to what he wants. And, and maybe there's nothing wrong with that activity, but, but it's just not his way. I often want to do things my way. I want them to be instant, and right now I want to solve it myself. But actually, he's a God of the other side of the boat. And then lastly, uh, Jesus longs to fellowship with us. Come and have breakfast, as, as I've already said. I think it's, it was beautiful for Peter. I always think of, of memory triggers for Peter. One, one is the rooster crowing, because Jesus said, when the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And he does, and I wonder if that, that haunted Peter for the rest of his life. But then another mem- memory trigger must have been when, when Peter came to shore, he saw Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, He's, he smelt the, the fire burning with fish cooking and bread beside it. I wonder if that was a memory trigger of, of restoration. So there we go, four boat fish encounters, lessons from the boat. Um, I, I don't know if any of that relates to you today, but just know that Jesus is there. He's with you all day long, no matter what you're doing, in the ordinary in the mundane. Maybe you're in a storm today. He's there, you may not notice him till the 11th hour. We need to call on him, and and he wants to to lift us up even when we fall. So have a wonderful day, maybe not in a boat, but have a wonderful day with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for for your word that that so clearly um, is applicable to our life today. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us, that you you see us even in the difficulties and in the storm. Thank you that you see us in our mundane, ordinary lives and that you're with us. Father, I pray that you'll give us the courage to call out to you, to be dependent on you in our times of need and to trust you um, and, and to return to you as you offer your hand of fellowship when we fall in your name, amen.